It is the 11 Dubcast. I'm Johnny. He's Andy. And, you know, it's it's the offseason, right? And in the offseason, we hope for things to kind of transpire that will allow us as producers of content and consumers of content to be entertained, to enjoy various Ohio State, especially Ohio State football news without having to delve into the past right we don't want to have to keep rehashing things that are that have happened in the past because people eventually get bored so we want new content however when the content gods deliver right they are very fickle they're mercutial they they don't really you know abide by any particular rules and when they deliver i feel like sometimes we get things that we don't expect and that whole preface is is kind of to say that I don't believe that I expected a 41-year-old massage therapist to become the news of the week for Ohio State football this past week in the offseason and in the middle of May here. Um, as you may well know by this point in time, Ohio State football players were uh, – possible i don't want to say the word blackmail because i don't know that there's like any specific like legal investigation with that so i don't think that's necessarily fair to say but they had interactions uh with said massage therapist um there were sexual activities involved i i mean ohio state alerted the ncaa which basically said ah you're good don't worry about it um, it's just very weird, right? There, it doesn't appear that there's a lot of compliance issues. Um, doesn't appear that there are any criminal activity here, but it seems very weird. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know what the lesson is, Andy. I need your help here. What is, what do we draw from this? What do we conclude from all of this going on? That Ohio State has this weird gravity that just pulls the strangest damn scandals that you can ever imagine. Like yeah. I, I, how on earth this is, you know, the, the, we've made light of for years now, how goofy the Tatgate scandal was in, in hindsight. And people act like this is a huge, big thing. Then you, you have like just a number of goofy things that the team, either players get in trouble for over the years. You know, there was the year that guys got suspended for what peeing in public or something goofy yep. like that. Now, now, now this one, this one may take the cake. Like just as this story was unfolding over the past week, I kept saying like, is this, are, are we all just being punked? Like, is this really a thing? And, and part of me says, you know, on a serious note, part of me says this doesn't surprise me. Like I think, yeah a a program the stature of, of ohio state and this this happens other places too right you are not just talking about something that's u- unique to columbus but where you have a large number of high profile athletes who are if not celebrities in the in the grand sense are are at least of note within the community of people who care about that particular program and so th- those folks tend to draw uh, a number of people who or maybe a little out there or don't yeah. have their best interest in heart or, you know, what, and we could be talking about people that are like the autograph uh, chasers and memorabilia types, you know, and want to try to get your stuff and so I can turn around and sell. You could be talking about unscrupulous boosters. You could be talking about, I mean, there's a whole variety of different, I'm like you though. I never uh, thought the story was going to be that uh, a massage therapist was going to be as the report put it 
you know, uh, chasing after these players for their own sexual gratification. Now, right. we, we should know that the, um, uh, the, the uh, massage therapist in question more or less disputed the characterization, not necessarily the facts of the case, uh, that stuff did in fact happen, but the characterization that she was targeting and, and, and manipulating these men for her own uh, gratification, that she didn't necessarily chase them, that her, her intentions originally were professional if you will that she yeah. is a masseuse who works with athletes and right exactly so she but, said that she did not initiate in a professional setting that she didn't approach them uh for sexual relationships or anything like that um that she might have been in a relationship but it wasn't you know something where she was actively pursuing that's 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 her side of it and that's that's something that should be you know noticed and uh and paid attention to the the thing that i find really interesting and i I guess what i would draw from this is not necessarily the lurid details or anything like that because ultimately this could be something as simple as you know consensual relationships between adults and there's there's nothing wrong with that right like that's that's not something that needs to be discussed ad nauseum over and over and over again we don't need to be drawing you know dragging anybody's names through the mud or anything like that what i find interesting is that ohio state saw this which again could be completely innocuous, nothing particularly wrong with it, uh, and still decided that they needed to have a firm involved, right, to investigate, to make sure that they were on the up and up with the NCAA. They went through every single thing they could to make sure that it was going to bite them in the ass because that's where they are at as a program in terms of their awareness of things going on within the program. And I find that really, really interesting because I don't know. And again, I don't, and I, when I say, I don't know, I mean, I literally don't know. I don't know how other football programs in the United States might react to a story of this magnitude, right? They, there are a lot of other football programs who very well, they get information about it. Compliance finds out about it. Head coach finds it, whatever, and says, okay, and then goes about their business. Ohio State is not that kind of program. And I'm not saying there's anything shady going on at Ohio State ever. I don't think that's necessarily true. But Ohio State is very, very protective of their brand. And this shows to me just how serious they are about it and and not willing to take any kind of chances. Um, because ultimately, like I said, this is not like this story is weird, but it's not damaging to really anybody. And, um, yeah, I just don't mess with Ohio state. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Do not get on their bad side when it comes to to protecting that, you know, that big block. O is, uh, is kind of my point with this. Well, and, Um, and, you know, I think part of it too, it's not just the brand. I think you are right. They are clearly, you know, this, this is the, uh, this is the organization that will, uh, you know, prosecute to the ends of the earth uh, any sort of perceived infringement of its marks and copyrights, and then as well they should, and so on. They're, they have a very, sure. very zealous uh, brand and trademark compliance d- department, and more power to them. But, but I think it, I think it's beyond even just the brand. If you look at the landscape right now in college, uh, not just college, college athletics, but university, um, with regard to sexual improprieties you know here ohio state's dealing with the strauss uh still dealing with fallout of the strauss scandal it you know happened uh literally decades ago you have what happened at michigan state with uh gymnasts and um you know story also um uh, mm-hmm. that 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 program up north has its own uh doctor involved yeah sexual harassment scandal and sexual assault scandal so 
I, I think any time moving forward that you have even a whiff of impropriety involving students and other people uh, of a sexual nature, you're going to see these universities lawyer up, do their due diligence, and that's going to be just part of the cost of doing business now. Right. I guess to an extent it has been, um, you know, with a variety of different compliance type things. Uh, part of me was surprised, frankly, that that the NCAA didn't make something. It's not that I think that they're necessarily just out to, you know, to to you know, flag teams for this or that other thing or penalize. And I don't want to go so far. I mean, it feels that way sometimes, but that's just because we're fans and we're crazy. What I do think it was interesting though, is that, that this in some, that there was no impermissible, impermissible benefits in, involved here when you had someone, a, a professional masseuse that is, who was ostensibly giving away services to these yeah. athletes. I'm, I'm, I'm a little unclear on how that's not an impermissible benefit. Not that I'm just spoiling for Ohio state to get ding. Don't get me wrong, but just knowing <laughs> Shut how up, the, Andy. What are you doing? knowing how the NCAA operates. Like that was the part of this that really surprised me that the NCAA was like, eh, it's fine. You I'll know, be honest. I, I think they, for everyone. I don't think they wanted to get too far into the weeds on it. Cause I, I, I do see your point, right? Like it is possible that there were some impermissible, you know, whatever. Yeah. I just, I honestly, I think they saw this and they're like, you know what? We're not, it's okay. We're not. I don't want to touch them. this with the 40 foot pole. Yeah. It's like, we're good. It's fine. It's weird. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Like, and, and, and is honestly, that a, good. And is that a product of the climate we're in though, with regard to these other scandals, like that would be the other piece of that is. I mean, maybe. And, and here's the thing. And I do want to bring it back to that. Cause that's a good point. I don't know that the NCAA is equipped to do the kind of proper investigation or litigation that they need to do when it comes to that kind of stuff. I, if, if there is a crime that has been committed and there's something really bad that has to be investigated, I don't want the NCAA doing it because I don't trust them. I, I don't think they're competent enough. I don't think they're thorough enough. I don't think they have the wherewithal to do an actual investigation into criminal activity. And if that's not the case, then I'm kind of okay with them leaving that alone. Um, if it's between two consenting adults, then you, yeah. yeah and and that's, I mean, and that's a big thing about this is it seems to be the case that right. nobody to this point has said, you know, I, I wasn't okay with it. You know, this, right. this happened. And, and I now to, but to your point, I mean, you brought up what's going on with Michigan and, and whatnot. And, and look, that's as much as I would love to like, you know, try to dunk on Michigan. That is not a quote unquote Michigan problem. That's a societal problem where we've yes. had numerous people, in uh, cases or excuse me, in, in places of trust and, um, you know, not just trust by like the general public, but like trust by people in power, you know, coaches, administrators and whatnot, who have gone on and abused people with impunity and with knowledge uh, for other people of, of knowing what they've done and nobody's acted. And it's that in of itself is disgusting. And it's not like, oh, take that Michigan. I mean, it's it's we need to fix that. That's yep. a horrific thing that's been going on um, all over the place. And, you know, again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like try to call out Michigan and, and make it an Ohio state Michigan thing. Cause that's not what this is about. That, that stuff is disgusting and terrible and um, it needs to be addressed wherever it happens, whenever it happens. Um, but as far as this goes, as far as this particular situation goes, I, I think now I will say more information could arise, right? Like we could be looking at this and then maybe there's something else that happens, but this does not appear to be the big thing that we were all scared about the big off season, you know, info dump. 
that everybody was worried about at the beginning of the the week is there was this i think for about five minutes there was like okay everybody strap in hold on to your butts here comes the ohio state offseason story and then it's kind of like okay it's weird but i'm i'm over it it's all right um because i've lived that life andy i have lived the life of the offseason info dump that just dominates the news cycle for months and months and months and is horrible and awful and i have no desire to necessarily revisit that i'm okay with that being goofy and weird and something we forget about in a week i'm, I'm cool with that that's yeah. that's much better than the alternative yeah i will can, say can can do without you know yes um here's what's interesting so okay we're talking about you know perception and and you know protecting the brand and all that kind of stuff and this is the second thing i wanted to talk to you tonight about andy which is that you know columbus ohio is home to a couple of professional sports teams we've got the blue jackets of course and we've got the columbus crew but i shouldn't say the columbus crew because now they're columbus sc and they've they've released the new branding they've gotten rid of the uh the crest that's been around for a few years excellent crest i think it's fantastic and they've replaced it with this kind of like you know they've got this silhouette of the state flag of ohio and then a c and then the c's got a little goatee next to it for some reason (laughs) um columbus is written in you know like type like 0.5 font over it so it's barely legible from a distance uh fans aren't super stoked about this and i kind of wonder first of all does it matter right like you know is is a brand something that we are really that adhered to you know that the branding something that we're that adhered to as fans and then also is ohio state kind of i don't want to say they need to update what they got but is ohio state due for a similar makeover hopefully like you know not crappy (laughs) like the the crew did but you know is is ohio state is is that something that eventually we're gonna see like i don't know comic sans and then (laughs) (laughs) which i would be by the way i hate i side note i freaking hate the end zone font in ohio stadium i i'm a huge font snob and i know i shouldn't care but i really do i don't know why aerial bold is the choice for ohio state football like there's so many other great choices that you can choose from and i just it looks stupid. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I, I, spent, I wish they'd updated. I have spent an inordinate amount of time in my adult life reading about appropriate fonts for different business settings. <laughs> but but I lost. But, you know what? That's the other thing. I sorry to interrupt. You know what I love is that every uh, wine bistro or massage parlor uses uh, papyrus. I I just I I want to do some kind of like eleven warriors eleven dubcast investigation into specifically that. It has nothing to do with football or Ohio State, but I'm going to use our time and resources to figure out why that is the case and how that evolved. I love you know that you number one know that and know enough. <laughs> We should, you know, that should be something. Hit us in the comments with how many fonts can you name without looking. Uh, oh you know, you you get Times New Roman as a, as a gimme. But go ahead and uh, that one's you know, free. How many how many fonts can you name without Garamond. looking? Hit us hit us in the comments with that one. Uh, but but I've spent way too much time. You know what what font should my work email be? Uh, you know, I was drafting up a uh, a, a sale purchase agreement uh, for for something, and I was looking up okay, what's a good font for a legal document? And you're looking up what's a like so right. say, say you know I, I work in sales in my day job. Okay, what's a what's the right font for a proposal? You know, and so on and so forth. So I I hear what you're saying about the end zone font. It, it doesn't drive me crazy. I am 
but I don't, but, but I don't think it's probably the best font ever. My, my thing about the rebrand, let's start with the crew. We'll start with the crew and work our way back to Ohio state. Okay. And, and I should say that I have watched more uh, soccer in the past six weeks since my daughter's youth soccer league kicked off than I have probably in the last six years. I'm, I'm the kind of fan who, you know, I follow all of the crew's social accounts and I have a vague awareness of how well they are doing, but I, I could not count myself, you know, a diehard fan of the local football club. Um, I watch world cup. I, I started watching premier league, you know, basically since the little tykes started playing youth soccer and I was trying to learn more about the beautiful game, uh, Mm -hmm. and, and how to be a good dad fan slash, you know, volunteer assistant coach type. Uh, but with the branding, that is something I knew, do know a little bit about. Right. And what I find interesting is that every time you have a brand refresh, generally speaking, people freak out, like think about oh, yeah, the last brand refresh. And we don't even be talking about sports brands. We could be talking about, you know, retail brands, consumer packaged goods, automobiles. Like what was the last rebrand or redesign where you just heard universal acclaim, like, oh my God, they hit this out of the park. No, typically it's sort of a new Coke reaction, right? People are trying to, you know, like, why, why did you do this? The old one was fine. And to wit, like I, I heard or, or read on social, this sort of play out that people um, w- love the, the crew crest that's sort of now being tossed to the side, the, the circular logo. But if you go back and read when that was rolled out, like people pissed and moaned about that too. They didn't love the crest at the time. They love it now. Mm. They didn't love it at the time. I read somebody the other day was like, you know, they should go back to the three guys with the hard hats because that was on the FIFA video game. And all these people that, you know, overseas that don't know anything about uh, MLS teams know the crew because that was the game, the, the logo that was on the video game. It's like, oh, okay. We really put a lot of, <laughs> a lot of thought into this. I, I think that the new, crest one of the things i like about it is that it apes the the ohio birdie i think that's Mm -hmm. cool that that's good they've used their does have the best flag the best hands down it's not second place isn't even close right um so i do like that i think that's sensible they went with their their font for the big block c Uh, okay fine but then that leads to the necessity of having the as you put it the goatee on the sea yeah, looks stupid because they needed something for the negative space there. They had to, you know, they couldn't just leave it as white space. Uh, so I, I get why the designer did that. It, it does look a little dippy, but it doesn't jump out at me as like, Oh God, why do they do that? What I do find interesting is that you're right. The typeface for the Columbus along the top of the pennant um, is, is fairly small, but the challenge there is like you, the, your stated reason for doing this rebrand was to make Columbus more prominent in the brand and sure. to to make the crew less prominent. So you've tried to make this more like European soccer, that it's it's Manchester, it's you know, it, it's not the whatever Manchester United's mascot is, I don't know, or Manchester City or whatnot. You you tried to make this more, we're talking about the location, not the this, you know, it's Tottenham, not the Hotspurs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to make this more like the rest of the world. And I don't have a problem with that. I think what was really bad about it was the timing that you're like, what, literally two years past save the crew and you're going right. to come and kneecap the crew <laughs> part of that. Like the timing of it just seems really bad. I get why they did it with opening up the new stadium. Uh, you're, you're moving into a new house. 
yeah defending mls champions it's that it's a reasonable time to do a brand refresh it just feels like a horrible ham-fisted way which by the way was kind of like the last ohio state brand refresh which looked like we took the original athletic logo the previous athletic logo colored it in with a big sharpie and ms paint and said uh okay i don't think that counts as a brand refresh that's that's literally like the the fill tool used for like five seconds but they rolled that out like it was a big deal like it's oh yeah athletics logo and you know somebody got some design firm got paid 35 large yeah (laughs) to fill in the white space in the existing logo with a sharpie so okay so those are two approaches to the same problem which is okay we want to change we want to refresh what we're doing blah blah blah. we want to basically make more money off the same thing but one side the crew decides to i'm going to use the crew as the name because that's the name people know the crew decides to completely just like tear it all down burn it to the ground rebuild it back up and by the way i i'll be honest i think the design like not just from the perspective of I don't like it because it's new and I like the old one better, but I just think from a design standpoint, it's just, it's a mess. I I think there's so many different aspects going on here and it, a lot of them just don't work very well. Like the fact that you have negative space that you feel you have to fill is a problem in of itself, right? You you've already screwed up. If that's the case, like, I think that's really stupid that you need to, you need to not do that. If that's what your worry is. The second thing is though, is that, I don't think like when you're trying to build a brand, right? What do people associate with your brand? And that's what I find really interesting because with Ohio state, I don't think people look at the, you know, the Ohio state logo where you've got the giant block Ohio state inside of the block. O. I don't think that's the most, I mean, people know that's Ohio state because it obviously says Ohio state, but it, it it's not emblematic of, The Buckeyes, I think when people think Ohio State, they think the Buckeye leaves and they think of the singular block O. That that is what is most recognizable, identifiable to people. And I've got some, you know, Ohio State shirts and stuff from, I don't know, God knows how long ago when they still did the block O just with the Buckeye leaves and then the Buckeye nuts next next to it, right? right? And that's it. There was no text. It was simply that. I'm surprised that that's not where Ohio State went because that's what's most recognizable, I think, for people who are thinking about Ohio State. You've got those two big elements. You've got the giant college block O, and then you've got the Buckeye leaves and the nuts and stuff. I just, I don't understand why Ohio State can't update in a way that maybe pushes the brand forward rather than holds on to this 90s typography and i i really don't think that anybody like i know people complain about you know logo updates and and brand refreshes and all that kind of stuff i don't think anybody would be crying if the big block ohio state went away and ohio state relied more on just the college o and then the the buckeye leaves i think that would be fine um and i want to see more of that and i love the fact that they've gone back to like the script buckeyes on the um on the basketball uniforms and other uniforms that's sick i mean people universally love that stuff um there's a way to change it. It just feels like Ohio State is one of those institutions that just really, really hates doing <laughs> something like drastically different. And so they'll pay a firm $35,000 to you know use the fill tool. Um, I think it's silly, but it's the alternative. I, I think they, they're like, it's a dichotomy. Either you do almost nothing or you have to burn it to the ground and then you risk what's going on with the crew. Yeah, see, and I, I, I'm, I think one of the things Ohio State does relatively well 
is, is sometimes I think brand design refresh, whatever should be evolutionary rather than revolutionary because sure. people have, yeah, look, look at the Coca-Cola classic logo as an example. Like how much change is that? I'm sure that if you went through, there's some like time-lapse sort of animation on the internet somewhere that would show you <laughs> yeah. what the Coca-Cola logo looked like in 19. 19- but nothing super crazy. I mean, it's pretty. It's not super crazy, right? It's not going to be a super crazy change. And you think of some of the great brands like Kellogg's. You're going to be talking about Kellogg's. Like how different is the Kellogg's logo now on a box of cereal? than mm-hmm. it was when we were kids and it was 50 years ago. I don't know. So uh, Chevrolet Bowtie, the Ford Oval, you know, the, these iconic brands, I, uh, you know, I think, I think there's a reason that they're iconic, you know, the Harley Davidson shield, how many brands are people willing to tattoo on their body? <laughs> you know, so, right. so, so what you, but, but those have all had some sort of change over the years, but it's evolutionary, not revolutionary. So what you do and what works out really well, think about uniform design here. So Ohio state's basic kit, you know, the scarlet and gray, we quibble a lot about, we'd like to see the gray sleeve shoulders back. Maybe you mm-hmm. like the large shoulder numbers. Maybe you don't maybe, but the base kit is recognizable today sure. as it was 50 years ago, right? Like Woody Hayes could come back from the dead and he would know Ohio state was on the field. Right. Right. Without being told, like he could just look and say, yep, that's, that's the Buckeyes. And you could say that, look, you know, Alabama's uniforms, Penn state's uniforms, you know, there's, there's continuity and, and so on, but you've added in all of these alternate uniforms and, and they have pieces, you know, so I'm still one who says that, that the, the, the 2015, 2014, 15 national championship, uh kits the the diamond quest whatever they call them the nike diamond questers oh, those yeah. should those should be the base kits like that should be because they they brought back some shoulder sleeves um they, they had elements that i thought were missing from sort of the trestle era and urban meyer era unis i i'd like to see those come back full time i think they were magic but they but they weren't drastically different so i think that's what the crew should have done i think you could have added a bergy crest as sort of an alternate logo Right. Look, look at the blue jackets, for example. I remember, I don't know if they still have all of them, but it, it felt like for a while there, the blue jackets had like three different logos because they had the little hockey stick J. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had, which I'm glad they got rid of because that's that one's the, then, then they had, you know, the the more uh, the, the canon military esque uh, circular crest. Um, and, and then I feel like there was a third one, you know, they had multiple logos. So I think it's okay to say, you know what, this, uh, the existing circular crest is going to be our main one. And we're also going to do one that looks like the Berkey. Like I didn't think they had to take the one out behind the barn with a shovel and bash its head in. <laughs> and, and so Ohio state seems to do that a little bit with some of its brands. Like, okay, we're going to, we're going to keep this logo here, but we can still use just the block. O if we want, like that's mm-hmm. one of our marks, we can still use you know, the Brutus head shape as a mark, if we want to, you have a bunch yeah. of marks. Yeah. There's so, a, well, that's the thing, right? It's like you said, it's, it's, it's taking recognizable symbols and then making it, you know, as kind of part of your brand that, I, and again, that's the other thing. That's probably part of why people reject the crew thing so much, because it's like, this isn't looks nothing like what we've become accustomed to yeah. with the Columbus crew. Like this is, there's nothing when you're completely burning things down and salting the earth and I understand they're doing because they got a new stadium and all that stuff, you're going to alienate people. And that's the last thing you want to do when you're restart. Like you, you want to do this soft restart. You don't want to do a hard restart. You don't want to, you know, get rid of all the current fans and whatnot uh, that you have um, 
you know, kind of supporting your effort to have a new stadium and to become a more integrated part of the Columbus culture and all that stuff. So I don't know. I, by the way, one of the things that I was looking up, Andy, is um, how the McDonald's ads, like their jingles, their, their slogans have evolved over time. Yeah. And because I'm loving it's been around for literally like 17 years. 18 years at this point it's been around for a long damn time i don't think people realize that it's been around for a while but uh they don't you know e- biggest one of the biggest corporations in the world they're huge you know they, they stumble occasionally too so i was looking up uh some of the older ones here and so i'm loving it obviously like i said it's been around for a while have you had your break today was one in the nineties. That's, that's, that's one you might remember. Um, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm looking through some of the other ones here that I thought were pretty great. By the way, did you know the, the bada ba 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 song was like, yeah, there's apparently a fuller version of that sung by Justin Timberlake. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Yes. And the lyrics are bada ba ba ba. I'm loving it. Is this the place to eat? Since I don't cook, I'll just rock to the beat. I'm loving it. At the end of the day, to relieve the stress, we add a little play. I'm loving it. And then it goes on talking about mishaps. No guts, no glory is literally there. (laughs) Uh, Seems like I've stumbled in the wrong territory. I'm loving it. Who'd want to mock me? Run around the edges. A tad bit sloppy. I'm loving it. My car's way too clean. There are like multiple verses of this. Oh, yeah. It's it's super long. It's way too long. Um, There was one, though. There was one that I thought was really good. This apparently was a McDonald's slogan from 90, the early 90s, which is what you want is what you get. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was just a little too aggressive, I think, for McDonald's. Um, that's my McDonald's uh, closest thing to home, which is hilarious because that's not true. Um, do you believe in magic? Was oh, that one. was a great one. Do you believe in yeah. magic? So, and I think that Barry, Barry Manilow was... Uh, was involved in this at a certain point so i'm just yeah, sure why not yeah i'm just saying my point is is that it can go it can go well it can go poorly i understand that ohio state wants to kind of stick with what they know especially in light of what's going on with the crew but i do think it's time for a slight update to the branding one i think they've been moving in that direction and i understand you can be scared but maybe it's time to look to the past and kind of bring that into the future and and like i said maybe go back to the block o the simple block o with the leaves or use brutus as a you know bigger part of the iconography i just i'm so sick of that damn (laughs) ohio state block logo and change the font in the end zones that's all i ask you can do nothing else if they change the font in the end zones to something like i don't actually comic sans would be fantastic and hilarious and i would be down for that 100 but literally anything else because i am so sick of looking at aerial bold with like an extra space in between each letter. Just, oh my God, it drives me nuts. Okay, so it's not going to be Comic Sans, but Mr. Font Snob. <laughs> what, what, I do, what, I do what have a suggestion, Andy. Yeah, that's what I'm at. Yes, what's it going to be? What <laughs> so should it be? They, okay, and by the way, they wouldn't even have to pay any money for this. There is a free-to-use uh, font that was created by, I think it was just a group of graphic designers who thought it was really dope. And it's the national park font. It's the one that they oh. use on their signage. Yeah, that's a really and good one. it's really, really good. It 
it is still roughly like you know it's 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 kind of got the the outlines that you want as ohio state like if you're talking about the branding and whatnot you want it to look like very bold right like the college kind of lettering it's a national it's called national park i think there's actually even a website associated with it um it's a fantastic font it's free to use anybody can download it and they should because it kicks ass it has a very college feel to it it's a clean font it's it could be you know put on hats and shirts and all kinds of stuff um i that that's my choice i think it's a kick-ass font and i think that's what ohio state should be using instead of you know <laughs> like times new roman Bold. <laughs> like okay there are other fonts dude like when you when you download when you've got like window like microsoft word like you're gonna have extra fonts you you, you can use more than just the two that you know that comes with um and granted, uh, you know, now that I've said this, they're like, okay, Johnny, we'll do it. We're going to change it. And it's like Calibri or something. We're like, okay, <laughs> got what you wanted. So anyway, I that'll be interesting to see what happens. And I've said for a while that I think that uh, in the relatively near future, Ohio State uh, will be thinking about either drastically changing the way the stadium looks or potentially maybe an, an all-new stadium. I, and I think that's coming within the next decade. But um you know, maybe that's what happens. Maybe they do the same thing that the crew did. You get a new stadium, new look, right? Get a glow up and you're like, okay, all different me. We'll see what, we'll see what people think of it. Um, so we want to remind you that the Dubcast is sponsored by the dry goods store at 11warriors.com drygoods.11warriors.com shirts, hats, stickers, all kinds of great stuff. Check it out. It's fantastic. Let's do a little ask us anything. You can ask us anything by sending us questions to dubcast at 11warriors.com, D-U-B-C-A-S-T at 11warriors.com. And we've got a question this week from Nolan. And Nolan, uh, he, he's got an interesting question here. And it's not necessarily one of the existential crises that we like to work people through, but it is a, a good one. Um, he said... I hear some talking heads whine about how no one wants greatness. Mediocrity across the entire field is what people want. Uh, Tiger dominated golf. People hated it. So it's so much better now. Petty got NASCAR on TV. Uh, Big E made the sports huge. It's so much better now. We don't need Saban in the tide winning six of 12, et cetera, et cetera. He says, I say no great dynasties, no historically great programs, no great athletes or coaches, no gods, no masters. I added that. Uh, we should strive for me. Uh, he says mediocrity. I think he means meritocracy. Uh, mm. Let's try to have a 500 record and participation ribbons for everyone. Maybe he did mean mediocrity. <laughs> Medi medio mediocrity. <laughs> mediocrity. Yeah, that might be a little bit. Yeah, there you go. That makes more sense. Um, what say you, Andy? Are, are you a dynasty man? Do you like to see the giant ex excellence or do you want to see more parody where everybody, you know, it's, it's a free for all and anybody could win at any time? I think there's, I think there's a happy medium in between those two extremes. Like, I, I, and I realize that we as humans like things as black and white, either or, either with us or against us as possible. And and that maybe it's just because I'm getting old. I don't know, but I, I don't mm -hmm. I don't roll that way so much anymore. Uh, I don't think that it has to be either Bama wins forever everything or. Yeah. we should you know institute a salary cap and <laughs> and bust them down to where you know the browns have a chance every year I, i'm not right. i'm not sure that i'm i'm in for that i i do enjoy some dynasties and i think it's because i enjoy greatness did people really hate tiger I, 
we're winning all the time i i was I always th- under I the impression that people... some golf fans did but like if you were a casual observer of golf as i absolutely am i i will tell you the only time i've actually watched golf and gave a crap was when he was in his heyday and just you know doing crazy dominant tiger things that's literally the only time i've ever watched golf with any kind of interest that was my impression though is that that people that people like watched because of tiger yeah uh so i i guess i was confused when he said that because i'm like i thought the general consensus was that tiger was good for the sport that that's i think some people i think golf i think if you were a hardcore golf fan though if you were somebody who'd been watching your entire life and you're like super invested in golf i can see the perspective where you would be just as tired of tiger's dominance as you might be if the yankees won you know every year or something like that Mm -hmm. or if you're a college football fan and Alabama is winning half the time, right? They want to like, I, I can understand why from an outsider's perspective, you'd be like, well, that's just dominance. That's kick ass. But if you're like really invested in that sport, you might look at that and say, I'm bored by this. I want to see, you know, more people in the pot. I want to see mm-hmm. more opportunities for upsets and whatnot. Yeah. Because I, I, I got to say, this is an interesting question because to me, it gets to the heart of things like college football playoff expansion, how we view March Madness, all that kind of stuff, because I think it is a problem if Alabama and Clemson, Ohio State are basically the three teams that have a chance of winning a national title every year. I, I think that's boring, honestly. And that comes from a guy who is who wants to see Ohio State win it every single year. Um, I can see why that that perspective might be out there. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely get the perspective. Uh, and, and part of me says you just have to look at it on a longer horizon because sure the Yankees aren't winning it every year anymore. You know, right. the, the, the Patriots did not win the Super Bowl last year. Uh, you know, so, so there's a part of me that but says, Tom Brady did, <laughs> but, but Tom Brady did. Yeah. That's, you know, you know what? Fair point. So I, I guess in, in there, you know, again, is the question like, are you, are you rooting for the brand? Are you rooting for the player? Are you, sure. you know, and, and granny, we talked about this uh, last episode, the episode before, right. The reason you root for, an NFL team or player is, is, is going to be very different from person to person. It's a highly personal thing. Are you invested right. in the Browns or are you invested in, are you invested in the Bengals? Are you invested in uh, its quarterback who happens to have ties to Ohio state? Are you, you know, what's your, your reason for rooting? So that's, I, I don't, I don't hate dynasties um, because they're dynasties sometimes I dislike them. So like Nick Saban's a good example. Alabama's a good example. Mm-hmm. Well, while I might get a little bored with the idea that Clemson and Alabama are always going to play for the national title or some variation of that, like that, that, that might annoy me. Um, personally, I, I don't, I have nothing but respect for what Nick Saban has done. Like he's the greatest ever do it. And I'm not sure that second place is really all that close, you know? Yeah. So I, th- I think you can have, but does that make it more enjoyable to watch? Like, cause here's what I would say about that. I, I agree that if you are watching historical dominance, right. Where you're like, Oh my God, this is incredible. This is amazing. I may not see this again as a sports fan that yeah. if that's mm-hmm. in the context of a dynasty, I'm cool with that. Like Jordan winning six championships in the nineties. That's mind blowing. I'm glad I got to watch that as a kid. I think that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, with college football and Nick Saban, like the only constant really for Alabama, right? Because you have players that aren't going to be there for longer than four or five years. 
is Nick Saban. Is it fun to watch Nick Saban coach and be dominant as a coach? Yeah. I don't, to me, I don't think that's nearly as fun as watching Michael Jordan like dominate right over the course of a decade. So that that's where I think it really depends on the, on the, on the sport and the context. Because in basketball, a dynasty can be really, really interesting. When you got five players on the court and maybe one of those players is the greatest of all time and they're doing things that you might not ever see again, that I can be like, okay, I'm, I'm down with that. I, I think that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Nick Saban dominating for a decade or a decade and a half, that's not that interesting to me because what's he doing? He's standing on the sideline with his arms crossed and frowning with a headset on. Like, <laughs> obviously his teams are dominant, but that's not, I don't get the same kind of excitement from that as I would from watching Michael Jordan did what he did. Um, and I think that's where the difference is to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I definitely don't want, I, I guess I'm back to the this idea of there has to be some middle ground where I'm, I'm up for some change to college football that fosters more competitive balance i guess i I don't Mm -hmm. don't know if i'm okay with the word parody i you know i don't think i don't i don't want there to be this idea that everybody over um a long enough horizon hits 500 i'm not sure that that's what i'm interested in um but if we expand the playoffs certainly i think there's something to this idea that we've we've pretty much turned the transfer portal into like free agency life (laughs) yeah Basically. You know, so, so I, I mean, I think that's going to, I mean, that's going to play a role. I don't know how, I don't know how it shakes out yet. You know, I don't know what I think that looks like five years from now. If, right. you know, is that just help the rich get richer? Does that just help Alabama and Ohio state go out and fill holes when they need it to, you know, you're, you you need to go in and get a reliever in the bullpen. So you mm-hmm. just go, you just go one. <laughs> like, I, you know, I, oh, get hey, somebody at the trade deadline. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know if that's where we're going or not, but I, I can see, I can see how that's going to change things, you know, in some way. Um, so I don't know. I, I I'm okay. With, I get where the, I get where the question is coming from, but it doesn't personally drive me all that crazy. Yeah. I, well, I think what, you know, and I think what Nolan is kind of getting at here is that it's, it, having big, great dynasties can be really fun and interesting. And, you know, like when you're talking about the Serena, you know, the Williams sisters, right. Serena Williams just going out and just destroying people, or you've got, you know, Mike Tyson and Ali, like you want to see that kind of dominance to a certain extent, because that individual effort is so unbelievably interesting and impressive that again, if that comes in the context of a dynasty, then that's something that we're willing to, to be cool with because it's just, it's so unusual and unique and fun and all that kind of stuff. Like I don't like Steph Curry as necessarily as like a basketball player. I think he's a cool dude. I think he's a good guy, but I don't really love his game, mm-hmm. but I, I have to watch it right when he's on fire. And when they, when the, the warriors were just kicking ass, like how do you not watch a guy jacking up threes from half court, yeah. fully expecting them to go in. And then they do like that. His shooting is something that you just have to kind of turn around and watch right when lebron james is willing a team of scrubs to the finals right putting them all on his back and just dragging them to the finals you have to watch that it's it's something that's just fascinating 
Um, but with giant team sports, when you've got a hundred plus players on a team and it's, you know, it, it's more about generational dynasties. That's when it becomes, I think to me, a little less interesting. And, you know, again, I want to see Ohio state and Ryan day win, you know, 20 out of 20 of the next national championships that in of itself would be really cool. But I also can understand that people want to explain the, expand the playoff. They want to give other teams more opportunities to kind of prove their medal. And I also think, you know, with college football in particular, there is a little bit of confirmation bias that I think affects it more so than other sports. Mm. We, you know, we've got this system set up where you've got all these other teams going into bowls and the, you know, you're going to Memphis to play a bowl or you're going to, you know, Detroit or some kind of thing. I don't know. You're going to some kind of like lesser bowl that isn't supposed to be that fun and it's a sideshow and people go well congratulations yeah you did it you know okay but (laughs) let's let the big boys play and then you've got this this other separate set of teams that are clearly good and then the other ones are clearly not as good and i don't i don't like that for college football Mm -hmm. the chaos of the season is why we really love college football because the idea that any team can beat any other team and sometimes it does happen because college football is weird and insane and, and just crazy stuff happens all the time I think that shouldn't end once the regular season ends. And again, I'm not saying that there should be a 24 team playoff, but I think expanding it would allow us to enjoy college football in the postseason the same way that we enjoy it in the regular season. Um, now, do I think Cincinnati would have beaten Alabama? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think that would have happened. <laughs> would I think it would have been fun to watch them try? Yes. I do. I actually do think that would have been interesting. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I understand the question. It's a really good question because it does get to the heart of, of how we consume sports and how we enjoy them. Um, but I'm still going to stand for parody, more parody in, in, in college football, or at least in terms of the opportunity to, to make a dent in the postseason, because it's, that's what we love about it um, is that craziness. Um, and, you know, if, if there's some fluke thing where, <laughs> Cause that's where we're not going to do the soccer thing. If there's some fluke thing where like a crappy team takes out a really good team, just, you know, cause they had a bad day and the crappy team had a good, there's not going to be any, well, they really deserve to win. Now screw that. That right. that's for the EPL. They can go all oh, well. They really, they really deserve to win. I can't do a British accent, but you know what I mean? No, like they terrible. always say like, well, the bet, the lesser team really won this one. No, <laughs> screw, that. screw that crap. Screw that crap. If you lose, you lose. And if you lose, you're bad. And that's that's the way we got to go. So great question. Thank you for sending that in. I appreciate it. Uh, keep sending in all of those excellent questions, including the existential ones, and we'll continue answering them. Um, but yeah, we'll get to it next week. And uh, until then, I'm Johnny. I'm Andy. And we'll see you then.